Hey everybody, it's Shaman Sister Sin, and you're listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by BetterHelp.com and LittleShaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. Today, I wanted to talk to you about no contact, specifically what is not no contact. This is something many people struggle with, so I thought we could talk about it on the show today. If you've been researching narcissistic pathology at all, you've probably come across the phrase no contact. No contact is the usual recommendation for people trying to end relationships with pathologically narcissistic people. It means, as you would assume, to stop having contact with the narcissistic person. This is recommended for several reasons, the most important one being that if you're in a trauma bond and due to the addictive component of trauma bonds, contact with the narcissist can re-traumatize and re-bond you to the narcissist and to the relationship. It keeps you in the cycle, making it even harder to get out. It isn't always possible to go no contact with a narcissist. For example, they might be someone at a job that you can't leave right now, or maybe you have a child with them and you can't simply refuse to deal with them. However, it's important to remember that outside of a relatively few circumstances, no contact is usually possible, even when it's a family member, even when it's a spouse. It isn't always easy, but it's usually possible. What a lot of people don't realize is that no contact is not just about not physically touching or being around somebody. It also means not talking to them in any way, including text and email. It includes not driving by their house or their job, not looking at their social media. No contact means no contact. If you are doing any of those things, you are not no contact. It can be difficult not to drive by the narcissist's house or scroll through their social media, and sometimes there may be a legitimate reason for doing that, but most of the time, these things fall under the category of what we sometimes call pain shopping. Pain shopping is when you are looking for or at things that you know will do nothing but hurt you. It serves no other purpose but to upset you and cause you pain. It's not information that you need for some reason. In many cases, it's people continually searching out evidence to prove or reconfirm things that they already know or that they've already proven. It's engaging in behavior that hurts you over and over again for no other purpose or reason. Because of the addiction element of these relationships, pain shopping in this way often serves the purpose of getting an emotional fix, so to speak. It causes emotional upset and triggers negative feelings. Or conversely, people experience the negative feelings first, like anxiety, and looking up the person's social media or driving by their house or whatever provides the, quote, fix, which relieves that negative feeling. Either way, it's an attempt to self-regulate, just like any other addiction, and it's an unhealthy cycle, just like any other addiction. Most people don't even know that this is what's going on, of course. They might not even realize why they're doing it, especially when a lot of times they don't even want to. They just feel this compulsion to do it, even though it always feels bad overall and is serving no actual purpose. Now, sometimes when we talk about the addiction of these relationships, people say things like, but I can't be addicted to this because I hate it. I hate the way I feel. I hate the cycle. I hate the whole thing. It's really important to remember that addiction has nothing to do with liking something. Addiction is about believing you need something. It's not about liking it. Many, many people are addicted to things they hate or things that they hate doing. It doesn't mean you like it. It doesn't mean that you're somehow to blame. And it doesn't mean that you are somehow flawed beyond redemption. It means you have a challenge that you've got to address. And you're certainly not alone in that. 
If you're planning to go no contact, be sure that you understand what no contact actually is, what it really means. When you are no contact with somebody, you do not talk to them in any way, either on the phone, in person, in text, in email, not at all. You don't purposely see them in any way, even if they don't see you. You don't follow their activities online, including through other people or different accounts. You don't follow their activities in real life, including through other people. You don't ask other people about them or fish for information. Rereading old texts or emails is often included here as well. Now, there may be some value in doing that, but it also often keeps people stuck. Only you can decide whether doing this is helpful in your processing or if it's doing more harm than good. The general rule of thumb is that in order to break an addiction, you have to stop using. Because the narcissist is the trigger to, quote, use in this situation, not using involves having no contact of any kind with that person. This is not easy. It's the hardest part of ending these relationships, and detox can make everything feel 10 times more difficult. Just remember two things. This does not last forever, and the voice of addiction is sneaky. It magnifies your pain and makes it worse in an attempt to get you to use again. For example, if someone becomes addicted to pain pills due to a back injury, when they try to break the addiction, their brain will make them believe that their back hurts, even if it's been years since the accident or whatever hurt their back and there's nothing wrong with their back at all. Remember that this is not reality and this is not forever. It does get better. I hope this clears a few things up for you. As always, I look forward to your comments, questions, and suggestions, so please keep those coming. I take appointments online via text, via messenger, via email, and through Skype for international clients. So if you're interested in speaking with me one-on-one, you can visit littleshaman.org and click the book and appointment tab to do that. I run clinics and workshops a few times a year and several times a month for the workshops. So if you're interested in seeing what we're running at this time, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that as well. You've been listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by BetterHelp.com and LittleShaman.org. That's me, The Little Shaman. May the Great Spirit bless you and have a wonderful day.